Hello everyone, welcome to the Not Too Serious Podcast. Today's episode, episode number one, my son and I discuss what our top five favorite films are, along with some honorable mentions. Please enjoy. So my number five is a film that uh, I didn't actually see until I was in my late teens, Uh, maybe early 20s, I guess, and it was was recommended to me by a friend who went with me to university, and... uh, so that film is Godfather. And why I like that film, um, it, it was, it's, it's a timeless film. Still, I still haven't seen it, unfortunately. You still haven't seen The Godfather? I need to see it. It's on Netflix. I just haven't had time to see it. It's an amazing film. I feel ashamed as uh, a theater major. I think, you know, you know here's the thing. Um, I, the first time I saw, of course, was on VHS, mm. on videotape, right? Yeah. And um, uh, I liked it so much that I ended up ordering it. I actually have a copy of it somewhere. But when did you watch when you were in university, or when, when did I you watched say? it? I saw it in university. Yeah, it makes sense for me to see it then in university. Um, yeah, because you're yes. in university now. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so I definitely need to watch that. It was it was timeless because you had like your classic actors like Marlon Brando, Al Pacino. Yeah. Right. Um, legends. 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 No question about it. Mm. And uh, and it's just the heavy hitters, you know. And their interaction with each other was just incredible, and the drama. And believe it or not, there's actually a little, just a tiny bit of comedy in it. Mm. There is some humor. Yeah, I, I'd expect. Um, and. I think it kind of gave Mario Puzo's adaptation. It's based on a novel, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but of course his, you know, interpretation was of what was actually going on in America during, you know, I think, I think it was forties. I think it, no, it was, um, yeah, the forties. The forties, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there were. I mean, that's when The Godfather actually took place. Was during that time. It was, yeah. It was after, or it was during the war, or after the war, um, World War Two, and uh, now Godfather Two, of course, was kind of like a backstory. So it yeah. kind of gave a backstory, and of course, Michael Corleone's as- ascension. Within the ranks, right? But which one are you specifically I, talking about? I'm not the more of the Godfather. Godfather the was Marlon one? Brando, no question. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. incredible, and and it showed, you know, um, you know, um, how his uh, how his hold on on in the crime world. Yeah, it was it was fascinating, and there, of course, there are some famous lines. You know, from the from the Godfather that you know that we even use today, like in 
common lexicon language. You know, like, you know, go, you go, you know, when you go to the war, go to the mattresses. Yeah. It's a common phrase, right? Go to the mattresses. Inspired many uh, parodies. Inspired many parodies. Like, I think Modern Family didn't, they do like a parody of like that one episode of it. Or Luke, no, you watched it with me. Where, where Luke, uh, where, uh, what is his name? Who's their kid name? The little baby? Joe? Remember when Joe was getting baptized or christened? I forget. I don't know what it is. Uh, remember, uh, Phil had Luke do some things around the town? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, but that's a comical. I'm saying, but there's so many parodies of it. That's that's there's how you know. So many parodies. That's how you know your film is timeless. When yeah. Just parody upon parody. Parody upon, upon parody. parody, and you know, is it? It was just an incredible film, and and uh, that one scene uh, where James Caan's death. I haven't seen it. You gotta, you gotta. Oh shoot! Sorry. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. I know. Well, I knew. Okay. I knew he died. I knew he died. It's okay. I know okay. stuff. Well, about him spoiler over. alert: he dies in the film. Yeah, it's been out for 40, 50 years. Don't be like me. <laughs> don't be like me. Yeah, don't be like. Don't be like him. So that was a. I mean, it was a gruesome. It was a gris, grisly scene, but it was. But, it, but the point came across. Oh well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, it it was a story of the times i mean it was you know how gangs behaved yeah i don't know if i mean i have no insight into gangs gang warfare but but it it gave almost um you know what was said about it was it gave an accurate representation of how gangs behaved it was a business isn't it amazing how we know that these things are wrong but we're so Fascinated. fascinated by well gang, it's it's not you, you know why because we have mundane lives right it's not yeah. our lives are not exciting by any means and also and the gangster's so. life is almost a fantasy because they anything that they want they can just have sure anything absolutely. that they want it's kind of like uh go ahead no i was gonna say that i mean like you know they're 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 the way how they treated their interactions was a business right and whether it was um uh, holding the strings over powerful people Mm -hmm. like judges or police captains as was depicted in, in this film um or drugs or prostitution they never really showed that in the film, but it was implied, it was inferred, right? Um, it was a real thing, but they treated it like a business. And you had families that controlled territories within New York, and not just in New York, but across America. Yeah. And um, even Hamilton has like a, I think a. Mob, a mob path. In fact, there's still a mob here, I think. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Um, and um, and they talked about respect. You know, respect for, in the film anyway, the, the heads of the five families. So you had to have respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And if the respect was ever lost... They're coming for you. 
they're coming for you and it could lead to a war. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened in the film where, mm-hmm. you know, a member of, of you know, the Corleone family, they were offered, um, I remember they were offered uh, a piece of a, a, a person's business. I, I can't remember where he was from. It could have been from Argentina or from Sicily or something like that. And he wanted to bring drugs into the... He wanted to, um, you know, sell drugs. And and I guess, you know, Don Corleone, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to... Um, he didn't want to get involved in drugs because he thought it was a very... It was a dirty business. As if what they're doing was clean. Yeah, but... But he had standards. Yeah. In Vito Corleone's mind, see, he started out as a businessman. Right. He had his own olive oil business and, um, you know, and people used to come and, 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 and it kind of gets, kind of gets explained later in the film, like not, not in, not in the Godfather, but in the subsequent films in, in Godfather part two people would come to him with their problems, right? And then his thing was that he could find a way... To solve them. To solve them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whether it was by hook or by crook. Yeah. And... But he was an influential voice, right? In 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 the neighborhood. Right. And so he just rose to power through the ranks. And... Um, but he thought drugs was a very dirty business, and he didn't think that um, that was the way of the future. Whereas his children didn't necessarily disagree with him, but they saw a pathway and recon- you know well I wouldn't say reconciliation because they knew that the other five the other four families, they wanted a piece of that action. And if they refused, then they would be outcasts, right? So they, they felt the pressure. Right. Uh, the children felt the pressure. The father didn't, of course, mm-hmm. right? And so there was, that, there was that conflict. And when you see that conflict within that film, it really puts a hook in you. And you almost feel bad for these people. Um, because you get to know the family through the story, through the writing. Right. And even though their end, like their, what they were doing is devious, you still felt bad for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, I found that that was, uh, a film that really had a huge impression on me. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed of course in the third Godfather I heard most people were. Yeah, it was yeah. Un, it was unfortunate, but the first one was by Amazing. far the best. Some would argue the second one was the better one, which is rare. Where the sequel actually it's trumps the, better. The, yeah. the, the 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 first, but I, I really enjoyed the original, and it was just mm. uh, nostalgia. It was very nostalgic, and even to this day, people like as I was saying, people use their lines. So that's, that's my number five. It's a good one. Uh, my number five is also a sequel that was better than the original. It's uh, 
a Marvel film was going to come here somewhere. So it's uh, The Winter Soldier. It's by far my favorite Marvel film. It's probably it's Soldier, it's yeah. my favorite Marvel film without a doubt. Obviously, my favorite Captain America film. I just everything about that movie, just the story of it, the action, the tension. Like I knew the comics, so I knew who Bucky. I knew Bucky was the Winter Soldier, but Bucky I can only Barnes. yeah, but I can only imagine like uh, someone who did not know, like the shock that would have come over them. That'd be crazy, but uh, amazing movie. Uh, and remember, uh, Bucky Barnes. I mean, we we saw that in theaters together. I think right back in twenty fourteen. That was. What did you think of it? Oh, like, I loved it. I mean, it's the, my favorite yeah, Marvel movie. Of all no the doubt. Captain America films, that was definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, again, that that's a World War. Like they both. They were in World War Two, right? I think both of them. That's how both they got one. to Bucky and, and well, they knew each other before World War Two. But was yes. it World War One? Two. Oh, was it World War Two? Yeah, but yeah. But Bucky Barnes. Okay, so the the idea with the Winter Soldier isn't that that's where Hydra came came out. Hydra right? comes back and they take everything over. That was awesome. Yeah, that definitely, awesome. definitely amazing. The way how the way how he handled it at the Triskelion. Um, the, uh, is that where, uh, isn't that, uh, Project Insight? Is that... Yes, that's Project Insight. Yeah, but, that... like, what I like about that was it flushes out Captain America, too. Like, in the, I just feel like it gave him so much more character. Because in the first Captain America, he was a good guy. And that's, like, kind of how you knew him. He just had a good heart. And he was gonna. He just wanted to do good. He just wanted to do good. The Avengers. He was a little two dimensional, but just not a knock. It was just how he was in the Avengers movie. He was kind of like, oh, this is the way we do things. Mm-hmm. And like you can see, like the seeds of distrust being planted, right, in Avengers, a little bit, like when in the timeline that happened. Uh, that happened after the Avengers, right? Yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, like, you can see the seeds being planted there. And, like, how, like, his trust for the established order or the system is has slowly being, you know, chipped away. Mm-hmm. And Winter Soldier, I think that it just brought, like, a new... Like, yeah. It totally. completely just... Like, him on the run, it just basically put the... What's this phrase? Put the stake in the... What's it called? I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is... It basically... It really made him... Just distrust the system. And I feel oh, like... Yeah, well... Even in Avengers... He had a distrust. He didn't trust it started, really all the way. It started... It started like... Okay, this is just normal. And then... You saw... How... His distrust was forming. And now... Winter Soldier is like... No, I just don't trust you guys at all. Well, I mean... I don't they, trust anybody. They proved it. I mean... Exactly. They... they I mean, um, but that but Winter Soldier really drove home that point where we can't trust anybody in this life that we, that they live. Nobody can be trusted, and it makes his actions in Civil War so much more understandable. And like, just his entire arc, I feel like his entire, especially in this movie, it's just how people view the world now. Almost, mm-hmm. we kind of, unlike people back in the day, were naive. 
right? They thought, okay, this is my government. My government looks out for me. Now we're not so sure. <laughs> we're not so sure who's looking out for who or what people are doing or how much do people know and do the, can I trust this person? Can I trust? So I think like that reflection kind of made this movie a lot better. And obviously the action was just oh, amazing. Phenomenal. The I remember there's a scene. Uh, remember in the first action scene when they're on the boat? Oh, yeah. yeah first yeah. off, George St. Pierre, my favorite UFC fighter ever. He, he was the. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember captain. that. I remember that. But scene. I remember when. Was, uh, this thing sticks with me. <laughs> and. and and I always like when he I just make... had a cam... that was like a cameo appearance. Yeah, he didn't have any. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't have. have any... like, I wish I wish he played more of a role. But did I... he actually have any lines? He had some lines, but like yeah. uh, I would. I remember there's this one particular moment, and it, and I always wanted to emulate it. I'm going to eventually do it because I know I will. But where it's just like in the beginning where he gets where he dives into the water, and like the fighting begins there's just a guy he's just chilling by like the end of the boat and captain america just runs and just kicks him off and he just goes it was such a clean kick because he just he hit him and just went flying <laughs> off the boat and you're just like oh wow <laughs> he's strong because <laughs> it was such it was so satisfying yeah just how clean that hit was and you I don't know, I was smiling oh, as a, when that I'm happened. sure you could appreciate that as a UFC. As, as a guy that watches. Who enjoys watching I, I also, I fought. Fights. I did, like, kickboxing, taekwondo, and I can appreciate fight scenes a, a little bit more than mm -hmm. most people I'm can. Sure, yeah. But that was just so clean, and I loved it. And I love the fight scene between him. And I love how they made GSP not look like a punk. Like, he, he still was, like, he still held his own as someone who's not super-powered. Mm -hmm. You can tell that he's, you could probably beat anybody up like they didn't make him a punk like i, I love that and i just love like the twists and turns and stuff but yeah that's definitely my uh number five okay yeah i mean i enjoy it. i mean i totally agree with that that was that's definitely uh an epic movie and uh, uh i think that was also the introduction to falcon too right yeah yeah that was his first introduction um what was, that was his first movie uh, Sam, Sam, right? I right. forget his last name, but yes, Sam. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a good film for sure. Mm -hmm. So you want me to go to my number four? Yeah, go ahead. What's your number four? Uh, what's my number four? Okay, this movie is again part of a trilogy. Okay, let's hear it. Lord of the Rings. Which one? The Fellowship of the Ring. The first one. Hmm? The first one. That. Was an uh, now here's the thing. I read The Hobbit mm -hmm. as a kid. Yeah, and I was I think I was about ten years old when I read The Hobbit. That's a tough book to get through. The Hobbit, especially for me, and my attention span is so small. Oh. and I can read a lot, but the way uh, well, you Tolkien, were a voracious. I remember as a kid. You but were if you notice, the reader. readers that the books that I read were very fast paced, right? Yeah, the Hobbit books were so. Slow. It was, it was long. So okay, dragged here's the out. thing. Here's the thing. Um, what was his name? Tomkin? No, Tolkien. 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 So he he would take a page, mm -hmm. maybe even two pages, <laughs> in some 
places and just describe to describe truth. something. Yeah, and right? I hated that. I just hated that. I I, I didn't mind it. Like I I, I, I think I enjoyed it's, it. it's like the age I live in now. Too everything is so you need constant stimulus, right? Okay. Yeah. So I think you 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 grew up in a more patient era. Even like the movies from like the seventies and like the sixties, mm-hmm. where you grew up. But those movies, if you notice, they start off very slowly. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, yeah. But I just couldn't get into. But but yeah, I love the movies. So when they're, when they're the not movie, in my when that lives, movie though. came out, yeah, when that movie came out, I was so enthralled with that film. Like it was incredible. I I mean, the partnership, the fellowship yeah between all those characters it just it was yeah you felt you know um i don't know you just felt to you almost felt like you were part of the team like between bilbo baggins frodo baggins you you saw that uncle nephew love there yeah. Between Samwise Gamgee and, you know, Bilbo. It's a very hopeful movie. Very hopeful movie. And, well, that's the thing. You're, you're struggling. It's a struggle, right? Yeah. You're going on a quest. It's um, a very emotional set of films, too. It was very emotional. And the introduction of Aragon and Gimli and uh, Legolas... Those three, it was like three like, amigos. It was like the three musketeers, almost like like they were always fighting for each other. Although they were part of a larger fellowship. Yeah. Of um, course. and that uh, one guy's sacrifice—I forget his name. Boromir. Boromir. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that movie? Just quick fact. Remember that scene where the orc threw like a helmet or something, or like an axe? I think he threw an axe at a uh, Aragon. And Aragon takes his sword and like he kind of chops it down. He deflects it. Mm-hmm. So that was a real axe that they were using, right? Oh, yeah. And they were planning on just getting like a take of the whoever was the orc person to like pretend like he was throwing it. So kind of just just bring it down like that. Just make the motion of throwing it. But what actually happened in the take is that it slipped from his fingers, and oh. the axe was spiraling out of <laughs> onto or- Aragon's face. And out of self-defense and just natural instinct, he deflected it, and they just kept it in the oh, movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He, that like literally, if, if he didn't notice that coming, that would have been the end of production. <laughs> they would have had to find a new Aragon oh, lawsuit. Yeah. Would have been well, terrible. You know, the thing is, is that there was so much detail in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, the costumes, the swords, the the language. The language, the writing, the scriptures. Uh, it was just, uh, it just took me away. Like, you, you, like, it's like a different world. The way how Peter Jackson interpreted uh, Tompkins. Tolkien. Tolkien. I don't know why I keep calling him Tompkin. Tolkien's uh, uh, adaptation of the book. Mm-hmm. I, I could see it, I could picture it. You know, like, uh, like it was incredible. It was, it was fantastic. And I, I, in the extended edition, which I, which I had purchased, on Blu-ray. It, it adds in like a new element to it, doesn't it? It made it better. It made in it fact. so better, but it made you know, it so longer. <laughs> yeah. It's like a nine-hour ten. How long is it? Twelve hours? Ten mm-hmm. hours? 
Just the three movies. Extended. Oh, the three movies. Extended. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I've I've had marathons where I've actually. It's crazy. I sat through. You're you like know, sucked. I can't wait till I show my kids that. That would be so interesting just to see. I, I think what, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, I don't on Netflix. They don't have the extended edition. They don't. They have the regular ones. It's a shame. But I mean, we I have like, a Blu-ray, like, so it doesn't matter. I know. I, in fact, I'd rather watch it on Blu-ray. Blu-ray is much better quality. I don't worry about the but buffer. Not only, but not only, I, I've also seen in mm. the, in, in uh, on the DVD where, where the extended edition edition was. They also gave every aspect, like interpretation, like they show how it goes from the from the from the novel to the screen, and they showed how that evolved. Um, they had art directors interviewed. They showed, you know, art artist the artists how they were able to draw. You know, lost um, so much time on it. So much time, like it did was. Did it win an Oscar for anything? Oh, I'm sure it did. I don't know if it did, honestly. You but, know, but but it. If the it special effects, for the most part, they held up pretty I think Peter Jackson well. won best director for the last one for the Return of That's the King. Good. Because, like, there seems to be some stigma in Hollywood that you can't give it to these blockbusters. I don't which know I why. why. Why? I mean, if it's so popular, if it's so well-loved, well beloved, why not give it Just give Oscar? it to him. Yeah, exactly. Just because a film is critically acclaimed doesn't... I personally don't feel that it, it, it needs an Oscar. Like, remember that one movie? That's such a weird movie, that one, I think, like, two or three years ago. It was, like, the one where a woman falls in love with that fish person. Oh yeah, yeah. Why yeah. did that win? Uh, water, something. Un- something under the water. Water. It's so stupid, like that one. Like I think that was the same year that uh, something else came out that year. I forget something else big came out that year. Maybe it was a, uh, I don't know. But like, regardless, like how do movies like that win, and like a movie like Lord of the Rings doesn't win? Oh, I don't know, I don't but I mean, that. the 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 the. Fighting scenes, the war scenes, um, it was just incredible, and 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 the introduction of uh, 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 what's her name now? I'm forgetting her name. Uh, the woman elf. Well, I forget her name too. Is that what you're talking about? That female elf? No. I, oh, right. Yeah, that was. She's actually a Canadian. Canadian um, elf. The Canadian elf. Uh, no, no, she not. Liv Tyler was not a Canadian. I was thinking of, um, uh, I think her name, uh, hmm. Uh, Lady, Lady Glanthriel, Glanthriel? I can't, I don't remember She's the one that held that, that star, you know, she was. I wouldn't be able to tell you who, who, who it was. Kate, Kate Blanchett's character, whatever. Oh, Kate Blanchett, okay. Whatever she, but and she's an Aussie, she's not a Canadian Yeah, she's Aussie. Either. But I mean that just everyone like Gandalf. I mean that was a Ian perfect McKellen. cast, perfect casting for sure. Everything was cut. Ca- I can't see anybody else in those roles. No, I can't either. Like it was yeah. just incredible. Like everything from start to finish on that film, and at the end of the film, where you see Frodo and Sam, you know, saying, you know, we'll 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 make it. We'll make it right. Yeah. It sparks it, something. It leads it? you. To saying, oh, 
now I have to wait another the, the, two the years. The Lord of the, the Rings <laughs> and the Hobbits had that. Even though the Hobbits weren't as good, obviously, but but even so, you still get invested in the story, right? I I was totally invested in that story. That's why I but thought like, it was so. so I just amazing. like that's the thing that I hated, but I loved about those movies is that they not just cut it off like they not have a beginning, middle, and end. I mean, they sort of did, but. But you knew there was some, at the end of the film, you knew that there was going to be another. It was like journey. it was like those old time uh, action movies, like those Texas movies, or like like well, those westerns where there will be a gun to like a guy's head, and it'll be the turn in next week. You know what I mean? <laughs> just those cliffhangers because it would just be like like they have other cliffhangers in other movies, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Like in Star Wars Episode Seven. But that at least had a beginning, middle, and end. And here's the start of something else. Mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings, it felt like the first movie was the first act. The second movie was the second act. And the third movie was the third act. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like those three movies had three acts. No. I felt like it was just in a huge movie. And they were like, you know, we need some time. Sure, yeah. I mean, it was... It and was, you need some money, too. And you... Yeah. Could you imagine the production? How much that would cost? I know. And me, New Zealand was shut down for like I don't know how many years, uh, for for that for those three films to come out. But that was my of of all the three that had to have been my favorite. All right. So what's your number four? Okay, I don't know my number four. I don't even think you like this movie, but let's see. Uh, it's the Shawshank Redemption. And I I watched this actually fairly recently, like a couple years ago. And there's just something about that movie where you knew something was going to happen, but you didn't know what was going to happen. You knew that there was going to be some payoff, some sort, and you had no idea. And then the ending just completely took you by surprise. Amazing ending. Have you seen it? You've seen it, right? Uh, I th- I've seen it once, I think, but I, didn't, I don't even think I saw the whole thing. See it, watch it. Uh, I'm not going to spoil what it is. With Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. Yes. Amazing movie. And like, like The Hobbit. I know it was was very well received. Many many people enjoyed it. Well, people didn't like it initially because it was a late bloomer. I think. I don't even think it won an Oscar. No. It wasn't even nominated. No, because uh, Forrest Gump came out that year. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so it didn't win an Oscar, but I don't even think it won anything else. Like, I, I don't think it won any Oscar. I could be 100% wrong on that. But, yeah. But, like, like when The Lord of the Rings. In, in the late 90s or early 93, 90? 93, I believe. Oh, oh, that early? Yeah, I think it was like 93, 94, somewhere like that. Whenever Force Gump came out. But, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about it, though. Like, instead, and it gives it a, like, is perspective on the, how the prison system is and how these men a lot of them didn't do anything a lot of them are just take just treated like animals and they're treated like animals by the people that by a system that promises it prom what does it promise it promises like uh what what is the point of jail it's for rebuild reform, reform. Right? That's the point of jail. And you can see from this movie that there was no reformity. Nothing like that happens. And that and this what happens in the movie in a lot of senses and actually it's much better it's a much better situation than 
most real jails, right? And you think, you're like, do these men who did, like, they, yeah, they did bad things, but do they deserve what's going on right now? You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, you think of it as, like, it's not really reformity that they're doing. This is slavery, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? They just get beat for no reason. I remember in the movie, the first part of it, spoiler alert, it's been out for 30 years, so you know, if you didn't watch it, you didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember in the first, literally the first act, this is when uh, Tim Robbins' character, uh, I forget his name, uh, shoot, but he was brought into the jail. And all the prisoners, like Morgan Freeman, Red, and all the other prisoners were like gambling, okay, who's going to freak out the first night? They all bet on Red. Red didn't freak out. Another guy freaked out. Right? He was like, oh, I don't belong here. My apologies. A little bit of it got cut for some reason. I don't know what happened, but I uh, just want to continue where it left off, where it got cut. So, yeah, so the prisoner got beat to death. That was freaking out. And, yeah, it just shows, like, a lot of, like, what happens in jails in real life. You know what I mean? And like like the Winter Soldier, it shows like a distrust in the system, and in another system, but they're still working together, and like you just learn. It's a movie that you can learn a lot from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, and the main character of the movie, Tim Robbins' character, didn't even do the crime, so that's another failure, in the system that we hold so high, right? It's another flaw in it. How the the character that we've been following didn't even do the crime that was accused that he was accused of and with all this being said and you don't expect this movie to take this route it all of a sudden takes this root of, root of hope mm-hmm. and determination mm-hmm. and how like truly like anything you anything you set your mind there's always a way to do something right there might be a lot of tough obstacles in the way and there's some stuff there's some easy things you can do, and there's some very difficult things. But there's always a way to get something done. And that kind of inspires hope in people, right? And I think that's what our number fours have in common, is that it kind of, like our movies, they inspire hope. Inspire hope, yeah. It's really interesting. And, like, yeah, and it's interesting because, like, again, like, this is a, a system that we are told to trust. But after watching this movie... You don't trust them anymore. <laughs> I mean, there's already dis- some distrust, but yeah, like you have to go into it with your eyes wide open. Yeah, you need to take every pre uh, conceived pre pre disposition that you ever had, throw it out the window into the garbage, and just watch this movie with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to read the book too. I heard that actually the movie's better than the book, and actually Stephen King hates the Shawshank Redemption. I think. Or does he hate The Shining? He hates one of them. <laughs> but Shining? He hates The Shining. Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Jack Nicholson, Nicholson. Yeah, he hates that movie. Oh. I don't know if, how he feels about The Shawshank, actually. But yeah, like I'd love to know what he thinks about it. If, if he believes that the movie did his words justice. But yeah. That's my number four. That's your number four? Yeah. Okay, so you want me to go number three? Yep. Okay, number three, I, so, um, in a film that I saw for the first time as a child, I was about 10 years old, 
10, 11 years old. And I saw it on, I think, I don't remember, I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I'm, I know I saw it on, on video. And it got me into superheroes, which was Superman. With Christopher Reeve. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. It was, it was the movie that made Superman my favorite superhero. It's the first real blockbuster superhero movie, I think, right? What came Probably. out? I don't think anything came out before that. I think because uh, I mean there were, but they were not blockbusters. Blockbuster. This is the first like blockbuster. Yeah. Because I think when did Michael Keaton's Batman come out? I think that was in eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine, right? So, so this one came out. Later. When did it come out? Seventy nine, seventy six. What? Superman? Yeah. Superman came out in like late seventies. I would say seventy nine. I would think it came out. That's a good. Like he was perfect for that role. Eh? Oh yeah. He embodied Superman. He did. He did. And yeah. um, no, no offense to Henry Cavill, you were good, but you weren't the Superman of our childhood, right? I don't. Right. No, yeah. he was a you know well built man, and 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 his alter ego Clark Kent, you know, is the bumbling you know reporter. He was his. Um, uh, I I just remember watching it, and just I was just. I was taken to a different place, and you know, uh, it was it brought out, out hope. Where th- that was that's the f- what the symbol of the S is is hope. Yeah. Well, actually, in the comics, it's the House of L, right? Yeah, House of L. Yeah, but, but 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 in terms of of um, what it meant to Americans, you know, was a symbol of hope, and. Again, it was good versus evil. You had General Zod. It was very black and white, which was good for the time, I believe, right? And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think that movie holds up. Like, I'm nostalgic about it, and I actually like the movie, but I can't see a kid born now, like, like recently... Who's about like of ten and watching that movie for the first time, enjoying that movie? Oh, I, I don't I, know. I, I can't see that. I I, I don't know. I could, you know I think what, what their opinion would be. Yeah. I, I don't know. But in terms of uh, what ha, what what I enjoyed as a kid, mm-hmm. because I was a kid when it came out, I was enthralled by it, and it it brought me into the world of superheroes. Right. That's when that was the starting point of when I really started to watch, or I I was uh, interested in watching superhero cartoons like Spider. It got it me. Ca- into it came at the perfect time of your life. Yeah, because I was time only ten years old. Right. I mean, that, that's the perfect comic book age, right? First, perfect age to learn about superheroes. So, yeah, and I I loved it. It it took me off into a different. Um, I remember when I was younger. After I watched that movie, I remember I I taped you mean the, super, the one super, I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. I got, I had a blue turtleneck. I remember I, I cut out an S and I glued <laughs> it to my turtleneck. <laughs> and Ma got mad at me. Oh yeah. Because she's like, "Why are you ruining your clothes by gluing things to?" Oh. But, yeah. but since then I had to tape it. But yeah, but that movie. I don't know, like, yeah, when you were young and you watched that movie. Oh, it was wonderful. I could watch it again. I really could. I yeah. mean, like, it, it was, like, to me, it just takes me back to a time of, 
uh, it was a simpler time, I think. And um, yeah. and and uh, Gene Hackman was a beautiful Lex Luthor. I loved him as Lex Luthor. He's the. I don't. I don't. I don't like uh, Jesse. What's his name? Jesse Eisenberg, the new Lex Luthor. Oh, I don't like yeah, that. No, I don't the, care. This, the the, oh, I forget his name. Gene. Gene Hackman. That that is Lex Luthor. That is Lex Luthor. It's like when you think of Tony Stark, you think of, uh, Robert Downey Jr. When you think of, Wolverine, you think of Hugh Jackman. When you think of Lex Luthor, you think Gene Hackman. Exactly. Now, uh, this um. Uh, the CW has Supergirl. Yeah. And the Lex Luthor on Supergirl, I would say is a close second. But he's I, not him. He's not him, he's but not he's him. a close second, though. Yeah. He is evil. He is evil. Didn't Kevin and, Spacey and, and, play and him, his, too? And his, huh? Kevin Spacey, I think, played him, too, I think, right? He did, yeah. No, but he wasn't as good. I mean... Mm. I he mean, looked. His, his he looked the part. Was good. He looked the part. He looked the part. But he wasn't like. No. Yeah. I'm, but but this this the, um I'm forgetting his name. He he was one of the he's a comedic actor on Two and a Half Men. Um. But I'm forgetting his name. But he was he was I mean he's a close second in, in the CW mm. series. But the Superman that I remember, uh, you know. That's just timeless, and Christopher Reeve will always be Superman to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Margot Kidder as uh, Lois Lane. Yeah, I mean uh, that's just incredible. I mean, everybody fit that role. Exactly. Everybody fit that role, and what what do you think made the first Superman so memorable and loved? That just the man Man of Steel did not. Well, okay, the, what what soup what in the original Superman, the one that I'm talking about? Yeah, they showed a certain humanness to him. In. In that movie, so. In the in that movie, Superman actually gives up part of his power. That's the second one. Are you thinking about Superman 2? Superman. Were, were you thinking about Superman or Superman 2? Which one are you? Is oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was thinking of Superman 2. You're right. Yeah. But in, in, in the original Superman, uh, it shows uh, when him growing up, yeah, living with his uncle and aunt on the farm. Well, uncle, well step-parents, right? Step-parents. Yeah, yeah, step-parents, out. yeah. But didn't he call him uncle? No, he called them. He called them mom and dad. Oh yeah, he did. You're right. You're right. Um. But it showed a certain humanness to him, and when General Zod and those that those other two cohorts that were with him, when they were those costumes are so silly, but so. But it was okay. It's it's seventies, right? Okay, you have to remember it was the seventies. Yeah, they're so so silly though. It was hip for the time. Yeah. Okay, but the thing is, is that how they were torturing the humans. Yeah. Okay, going into that, you know, into that dive bar, and 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 the woman goes, you know, let's just hold hands, and then she like slams the guy, and he breaks, you know, over the table, and and the way how um, the three of them are 
you know, they're they're almost like a like it was like a showdown, you know. In it was in Texas, I think. I can't remember where it was. Oh, it must have been Kansas. And um and you see the townsfolk coming to them with literally with clubs and sticks and you know they're coming to get them and all they do is they just blow and all of a sudden another you see they're you ants see, they're, they're ants, ants. they're basically mean? ants oh like, yeah where you just, they you can't just step on them they yeah basically anything. right and 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 you see superman he's like saying oh my god they're these are just human beings they're just people you know what are you doing right and so you see how superman cares for the human beings yeah right and he he left krypton well his parents got him you know sent him away sent him away who his father was marlon brando in that film yeah Uh, a bit of a theme here yeah (laughs) so there 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 was an incredible there was just another it's just another hopeful film and i guess this the second like the man of steel didn't really have hope in it. Yeah, it didn't have hope in it, and I didn't. And it I had the same I, villain, it had Zod, but I get, but also Zod. I think Henry Cavill was a good Superman. He wasn't Henry. He wasn't uh, Christopher Reeves mm-hmm. because he. I, uh, he but, didn't. He didn't show the same humanness, I quality that Christopher Reeves did, in my opinion. Mm. Um. And maybe a you know person who um. Say it was ten years old watching that mm-hmm. film, maybe they identified with that. No, I like more. Man of Steel. I like it. I think it's an enjoyable movie. I don't think it's the original Superman. No. Although I I feel like the original two are a little bit cheesy, but that's fine. Sometimes you know you need a little bit. But like that Superman also it, it started a, a, some cliches in other movies, or like even like in Superman two where the the city bands against the villain. How many movies have you seen that happening? Yeah. Or like the original Spider-Man that happens too. Right. You know, but yeah. It, it was a it was a great film, and you know, as I said, it was the launching point for me to actually enjoy superhero films and mm. uh, any film, any DC film or Marvel film. Yeah. Um, that came out. It all precipitated from that film. I, if I never saw that film, I don't know what it were. If I, if you'd love the Avengers, yeah, because like I, wa- I watched Incredible Hulk, I watched uh, Justice League, I watched all, all sorts ones. of all sorts of you know cartoons and and shows, and got me into fantasy. You know, like you know, uh, it, like for in, in in the comic you know world. Mm. So definitely that was one of my favorites for sure yeah so that was my number three my number three is my favorite but my second favorite director of all time quentin tarantino it's django unchained Mm. now a lot of people uh they like tarantino's other movies Mm -hmm. like uh like pulp fiction or reservoir dogs for me, it's it's Django, because we've never seen that Western genre take that route. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was such an intri- It was so unique and departed for, but also paid homage to the old westerns. And I remember uh, Tarantino's. Inter- By the way, if 
Anytime you're bored, listen to an interview by Quentin Tarantino. Because Brad Pitt said it best. He he snorts cocaine to slow himself down. Oh my gosh. When Tarantino talks about movies. Yeah, he goes at it like he, 50 miles an hour. Oh yeah. But I remember he said this thing and stuck with me and said, when, when he, I'm going to speak as Tarantino, I'm paraphrasing. He said, when I, Tarantino, was growing up, my stepfather and I would watch westerns together, right? And I always wanted to make a western for a black father and a black son to just watch together. And I was, that just made me respect him so much more. It made me love that movie so much more too. I'm not black, but as a minority, there's something there, you know? It's like, these movies are not just for white people, (laughs) You know what I mean? Did, did Django? Did Django? Did it cater to like? It didn't cater to other minorities. Like, what? What do you mean? What? What didn't it cater to? I didn't let you finish that. Well, I was gonna ask if if Django. I mean, Tarantino was an incredible director, and he's a white guy. Um, so did 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 does his movies? Well, did Django cater to? Um, non-black audience, like whites, or do you mean like no, just other non, people just of color? I, mean. I think in a way it did, mm-hmm. because it shows how racist. And it, by the way, he kind of toned down the racism mm-hmm. because he wanted to make sure it stayed rated R. <laughs> mm. Like, can you imagine that? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. how much he toned it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like. There's something about, like, seeing these people who oppressed our people, Native Americans, Mexicans, black people. It's like seeing their, seeing them get their justice. Seeing get what, what's due to them. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying. <laughs> and, it, like, uh, Christoph Waltz. I love him because... He's not necessarily a white savior, because a lot of people, like, think that. He, yeah, he helped Django, but he let Django do Django. And it's different from, like, The Green Book, where it was kind of like a white savior movie. Mm-hmm. Django lets, allows Django to be his own character, be his own man. And it's... It, Coming of age story, really. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's like Tarantino's most unique film because it's the only movie where you're like, this is the hero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Because all those other movies, there's kind of a like, sense of who am I cheering for here? And it's more about the story. But this one is more about the character. I like that. I like it that Tarantino took that route. You know? And there's so many thing, other things about it, too. Like, like Samuel L. Jackson's character in it. He's a bad guy in the movie. And, like, it's almost like it brings a lot of... It parallels a lot of things today. Like, like uh, Candace Owens. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, like, who's... Do you want justice for your people or not? Mm. Or do you want justice or do you just want the best for yourself? And there's a lot of people, black people, brown people, that just care about themselves. And they're like, oh, let me just... Let me forget about where I came from, and let me focus on where I can go. Yeah, you know I'm not gonna f- 
I, I don't care about like how my people are suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go for it. And that right. guy gets his due too. Right. And everything about that movie, it just the acting, by the way. Nobody could have played anybody else in that movie. Jamie Foxx as Django, amazing. Christoph Waltz, I think he won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't Django won some Oscars, right? Yeah. I, actually, Tarant, uh, I think, uh, what's his name? DiCaprio should have won an Oscar for that. That should have been DiCaprio's first Oscar. Who, 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 actually, maybe it should have been, I forget if Wolf of Wall Street came first or not. But DiCaprio played the slave owner at the end. Um, no, but who 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 won in... Uh, I forgot. I forget who won. I don't think it was Christoph. Christoph Waltz won for the Nazi movie. What was, I forget what it's called. But I love that movie too, by the way. But yeah, just slipping my tongue. Uh, but yeah, it, is, it also inspires hope. A lot of these movies I like inspires hope. And it's, it's, this movie had a sense of justice for me as well. It's like, yeah, this guy who was chained Mm-hmm. From the, in the beginning of the movie, he was yep. chained from his his legs, his arms are all chained. Mm-hmm. He was terrible shape, and at the end of the movie, he's so awesome. He just has his little his garb on, his hat. He's with the girl of his dreams. Everything it's just the perfect ending. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying. Everything it instills hope. The, it, yeah. And Tarantino does that. Every Tarantino ending is satisfying. Mm. Like in. In the nut, he killed Hitler. <laughs> yeah, he killed Hitler. I mean, he yeah. takes his liberties. In sure. the recent movie, uh, I forget her name. I forget the actress. Uh, who's the actress that died from the Manson murders? Uh, oh, I I don't know. But she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he let her live. Yeah, he takes uh, liberties with history. He takes liberties with with the endings, and he makes them so satisfying. Kind of like Oliver Stone. Yeah, Kill Bill. So satisfying, the ending. <laughs> ending is super satisfying. You got this jerk Bill out of the way. Oh, yeah. And you have uh, the bride. She's finally with her daughter. Mm-hmm. Everything just comes... And Tarantino is a master of that. Mm-hmm. Of satisfying ending. And I think Django had the most satisfying ending out of all of his movies. Right. That's just my opinion. And that, that's why it's my favorite Tarantino movie, and that's why it's number three okay. on this list. Yeah, that's, uh, I, mean, it, I mean, no arguments there. I mean... Uh, Tarantino is an incredible director, and um, you know, Kill Bill is probably probably my favorite series of his films. Mm-hmm. So I can I can totally understand what you mean uh, with his directorial style and and the way how he tells us stories. I to- I can totally relate. And that was your number three, you said, right? Number three, yeah. Okay, so my number. So, so we're on to number two now. Is that right? Yeah. So my number two uh, stars my favorite actor, Harrison Ford. Mm. And that's Indiana Jones. Mm. Which one? Uh, I, was, I was very, very torn. I was very torn because... Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think that's like what's known as the best one. I think, but critically, right? I don't. You know, honestly, I don't know. Mm. Um, when I saw that, I was ten, eleven years old, um, and um, 
Those record it was, movies. It was. It was. It was. The, it was. The, the, that was the year when uh, my cousin and I we'd act out. <laughs> it's kids Indiana, stuff. Indiana, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. and so I. I mean, I. I loved the film. It was fantastic. But I. And, and then of course, Temple of Doom. It. It. It had an Indian theme to it. So yeah, and uh, Kate Capshaw was incredible in the film too. Uh, Harrison Ford and and Kate had a good pairing. I thought you know they're gonna re. They said they might reboot it, and I'm like, don't leave oh, it no, how no, it is. No, no, leave no, it no, how no, it no, is. No, no, they no. tried Crystal Skull, did not work. Learn from your mistakes. Yeah, leave it. No, and and but yeah. but I would say the third film, which which is what I'm leading to, is the Last Crusade. I would have to say is my favorite because it stars Sean Connery mm. and to have Sean, Con- to have Indiana Jones say yes, sir, mm-hmm. to his dad was just amazing. The, the, and it stars, it's so comedic river Phoenix mm. as a young Indiana Jones. That was incredible. That was awesome. Awesome writing. Just a snake. <laughs> what, are you, what are you scared about? Just a snake. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> those are good movies too. Those I I, I think amazing. I watched those movies too late. Oh, that I feel cool. like that because I only watched them when I was like fifteen, sixteen. That's the first time I watched and like the originals. I saw the fourth one before that and I didn't like it. After I watched the first three, I'm like, these are good movies. And I feel like if I had watched them younger, I think they would have resonated with me more and held with. But I love those movies too. It's it was, and they're hilarious. I'll, I'll watch them again and again. They're hilarious. Those yeah. movies. They are. They have great action, mm-hmm. great comedy, for sure. Um, uh, and of course, there's suspense too, right? Um, and the those ta- that tank fight. Oh, that tank! One fight. of the best. Oh yeah. And how the, how they all went over and like yeah. his dad is like, oh my god, he was just a boy. Yeah, yeah. And he came. He's like, what are we looking at? <laughs> <laughs> it's, every, it's perfect. And, and he goes, what are you doing sitting there resting? <laughs> well, we're so close to the end. <laughs> I know. That was, you know, the and and George Lucas mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg when visionaries. they pair up, when they pair up. Oh yeah, because I mean they're visionaries in their own right. Yeah. Right, but when they pair up and 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 form a team to produce and direct and write a movie together. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're man. best friends too. Yeah, I I can see them be. I mean, yeah. they they've known each other 30 40 years, maybe even more. Cuz like Lucas has the the vision, like the the story, and Spielberg is just an amazing director. You can't go wrong. You can't, can't go wrong. Go wrong. If Star Wars, I wonder if like the original not the prequels I wish they were directed by Spielberg. Because I feel like oh. that would have added like another level to them. Maybe, yeah. I still feel like that. Could be, but I mean, you know, the 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 Indiana Jones. I know, you know, I I'm I'm just picking on the series, but I I, I need to focus more on the last last crusade. I just love that father bond, you know, son bond. Son bond. Yeah, it's cool to see that when they were sitting on that blimp, and uh, they were, you know. The father was just kind of going through his diary, and the son was just saying, you know, I wish that we had, you know, the last time we sat, we could drink together. He had a milkshake. 
you know. Yeah. And and uh, and the father's just kind of going through his journal mm-hmm. and saying, "Do I detect a rebuke?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he goes, "You know what? You know, but we never just sat down and talked, right? That was his. That basically was." Yeah, you know Harrison Ford's character. You know Indiana Jones. I think Jones. I think every guy has an affinity to father son movies. Yeah. Everybody who has a good relationship with their dad. I don't want to say every guy. Maybe maybe every guy, but even like that movie and like Creed too as well for me. And well, I'll get to the other one, the other father son movies in a minute, but. Uh, Creed too. It just it made me want to hug you when I came home. <laughs> it it made me want to hug because it, it just re- reminded reminds people of how important um a positive male role model is in a boy's life, mm. right? And yeah, and like Indiana Jones, like him and his father weren't on good terms because even though he was there for him and he taught him stuff, he wasn't there for him no he wasn't there for him and 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 when and when he was and here's the crazy thing Mm -hmm. his father says henry jones says hey i'm here now what do you want to talk about (laughs) and so all he says is i can't think of anything (laughs) well then what are you complaining about yeah (laughs) right yeah so so even though they he tries to express his feelings. He still can't. Can't because he that grows that grows in some. And it's also tough for guys to express their feelings, right? Well, also he's scared. He doesn't know what he wants to say. To his dad, like, you yeah. know, and so that's why it's like why Frasier is also a great show because of that. Because of that father son thing, mm-hmm. and just father son dynamics are some of the most interesting dynamics. There is, yeah, sure. and not, not just in film, in TV shows, yeah. in music, True. Cat, cats in the cradle, yeah. <laughs> uh, even like, like, and it, and you can see how much, like, nowadays, like a father's absence can affect somebody. Oh sure, yeah, you can see that. Yeah, and father son relationships as a father and a son, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, they're very important relationships. Right. No question, and it it's. It, it can influence a person's upbringing, you know, because a father can, you know, can lovingly guide a person, you know, their son of course. along the way. And, you know, they can hopefully instill proper morals. Um, so important. It's very important. It's almost, it's almost, it's overshadowed. It's super overshadowed. A father's role, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the old days. Uh, even fathers overlook the father's role. Because mm-hmm. I heard that back in the day, like, a dad would almost feel like, okay, I don't really need to be there for the first three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that, then I'll kind of come around and kind of do the disciplining. Well, but, I mean, like, it's so important. It's, it's, it's Especially to a mother. You know? It's super important. Oh, like yeah. Having that positive male role model. But Indiana Jones, I would say, uh, was a great film, had wonderful action, great, great mm-hmm. drama, great yeah, for comedy, sure. and that father-son relationship. That's why I think that that would be my number two. Okay. Yeah. And as I said, it has my favorite actor in it, Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. Um, 
And uh, so that that's my number two. Okay, so my your number two. My number two and my number one are interchangeable. It depends on how I feel on the particular day. My number two and number so one. So your number two is like your 1A? 1A and 1B. <laughs> They're tied, really. Okay. But I'm just going to talk about this one now because I can go off of what you just said about okay. the father something. And I know what your number one is. <laughs> so it's Empire. My number two is Empire Strike Back. Empire Strikes Back. It's really my 1B, but whatever. Same reasons. I love it. A lot of the same reasons. And this is like, this is when, this is the best Star Wars movie in my opinion. Star Wars is my favorite movie series of all time, right? By the way, seven, eight, nine—I don't count. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't count. To to me, seven, eight, nine will be fan films made by Disney, and they will forever be like that. Star Wars ended on Endor, in my opinion. Besides the point. Well, it actually, isn't because number five, especially if you never saw one, two, and three. And how you should see the movies is four, five, six, one, two, three. Five is such a shock. <laughs> it's it changed the world. <laughs> Episode five changed. It was probably one of the, the world greatest dramatic. And this is your number one, so we can talk about this right now, right? I know this is your number one, right? It's your number one. Okay, maybe it's not. <laughs> but anyways, so... I'm not saying what you know, number one is until it's my turn. That's fair. But also the father-son dynamic in these movies, right? Even though 1, 2, and 3 weren't the best. They weren't as good as 4, 5, and 6. Nobody's going to deny that. You're not going to deny that, are you? Oh, well, what? 4, 5, and 6 are way better than 1, 2, and 3. No, I won't deny that. But there's something of seeing a son just trying to get his dad back. Like, he sort of grew up with a father, but he never grew with a, like a true father. Mm-hmm. And now he has, he thought he was dead his entire life. And now, something, like I said again, father-son movies. And I don't really consider Empire Strikes Back a father-son movie until the very end. But something about that is, it attracts well, I mean, you. It, it pulls you together. Towards the end. It happens the towards the end. The reveal happens yeah. towards the and end. And there's so many... And that movie is so well-directed. You could argue that Return of the Jedi was more of a father-son movie. Than it is. Movie. It's more of a father-son movie. But there's still father-son elements. And, and I'm kind of talking about the whole Star Wars thing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And 5 is just my favorite one. And I'm going to get into why 5 specifically is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. But it's Star Wars. It's, just so, it's, about, it's about a father's... It's about Anakin, right? And how love changed it's his life. Story. It's his story. It's Anakin's story. And how love basically changed his life. Mm-hmm. His love for his wife is what turned him into Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. And his love for his son is what turned him back into Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So that's always interesting. And the reason why number five specifically is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. It is the story. With, just things were just got worse. And when he thought it was going to get better. It got a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it that's just some, something about it. It's. You need to make, and this is something I learned from reading story, reading books on story. You need to make your character suffer, and they suffered in Episode Five. Oh, he suffered. Suffered. Tremendous. And amount. suffering humanizes characters. Yeah. Luke suffered. Luke suffered. Han suffered. Leia suffered. They Chewbacca all su- suffered. They all suffered. Everybody suffered Even in that C-3PO movie. Even C three PO suffered. C three PO suffered. The only person that did not suffer. Probably R2-D2. Probably. And maybe... No, but even R2-D2 suffered a little bit. A little bit he suffered. Yeah. Everybody suffered in that movie. And that makes it so human. 
And you think this movie is above us. I think Lando is probably the only character. No, you no just... leave Lando something. Yeah, he lost talking... Cloud City. Yeah, he, he lost, lost everything that he worked for over there. Yeah, yeah, he did. He lost his trust in his friends. Yeah. But, well, that's why it was a great title name, too. Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Back. They struck back. They struck back. But, also, the reason why Lord of the Rings is not better than Star Wars, in my opinion. And I know this is kind of crazy to say, because both of them are sci- both of them are kind of fantasy movies. Star Wars felt real more real because of that suffering and lord of the rings they suffered but they suffered they didn't suffer in the ways in, in star wars it was almost psychological torment that was going on there they vader why did he torture han he didn't torture him because he wanted something out of han he just tortured him for the sake of torturing well he tortured him to lure i think uh, luke, to luke right? luke but there's something about that that like resonates yeah, that's in evil. real life. That's evil. evil exists, and e- evil like that happens here. Yeah, yeah. There is no Sauron. No, <laughs> there is no Sauron. No, no. There are Vaders. There are Vaders. You know, and there are evil Vaders. There are Vaders. Yeah, and everything even today, even today, even like everything Vader did, I'm sure has happened in real life. It is either happening or has happened. With, without the space and the spacecrafts and everything, I'm talking about. No, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Just, just the, as torturing, just someone. torture, mental torture. Just the, just yeah. the pure torture. That entire movie sure. was to torment our characters, and they, they felt tormented. And mental torture. You think, okay, this might, okay, there's obviously going to be some payoff. No payoff. You were just left with this question at the end of the movie that will have you thinking. Until you see the next one. And for someone that actually lived through it, you. Yes. I'm sure everybody freaked out. Oh, man. I'm telling you, when when, when we saw that movie mm-hmm. in the theater, we saw that in the theater. Yeah. Okay. And that reveal happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, st- I remember, I still remember the moment when that happened. There was such a gasp. You know, here's the thing. In those days, of obviously, there was no social media. So things can't be leaked. You no, know, there was no leakage. Leak there was no yeah. leakage of any of any, I mean, it was not in any of the papers. It was not on the radio. And as a, as a you know, nine, ten-year-old kid watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to. You're not going to know, right? Mm. So when we saw that reveal, everybody in the theater went, what? <laughs> of course. And, and, and it, it was incredible. You could have seen it on the tenth night and still not know anything yeah, about probably, it. Yeah. I knew Tony Stark was going to die before the movie came out. Because somebody spoiled it to me because they saw the no, pre-screening of it. Spoiler alert, Tony Stark dies. dies. Like, okay, yeah, you know what I mean. But like that was not a, the surprise. I didn't know that, actually. Man. I knew it. I didn't tell you. But I knew it. I saw it on social media. I was like, oh, man, that's why I'm not supposed to go on social media. That's what you before Never, it. ever. Here's a tip for all you podcasters out there. Listeners. Podcast listeners out there. When you're ready to see a film, okay, stay off of social media, please. Just a couple days. You can live without it. I am stupid. So I went on it and was spoiled by a friend who will remain nameless, but will forever be on my list. That is besides the point. But yeah, what's your uh, number one then? Okay. Actually, you want to do honorable mentions first or number one? It's up 
Sure, I can do my honorable. Okay, mentions. let's do honorable mentions first. Just list them off. Okay. Get into a little bit, but like let's not. So just just on. list them or list them and maybe give an ex like a small explanation why. Okay. So uh. So my my three films in no particular order, mm-hmm. but they're they're just uh, honorable mentions. Ocean's Eleven. Good movie. I love. I love. It's my favorite heist movie. Easily, <laughs> I, I like any heist movie. Really. Heist movies are fun. And when you got George Clooney, Pitt, Brad Pitt, Damon, Carl Reiner, uh, the, Ben Affleck's younger brother. I forgot his name. <laughs> ben Affleck's younger brother. Yeah, Casey Matt Affleck. Ka- Casey Affleck. Oh, Casey Affleck. And 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 you have um, all starcast. All starcast. Bernie Mac. I mean, rest in peace. Rest in peace. I mean, it was it was an incredible. Music was great in it too. I love the music soundtrack. Was awesome. I have the soundtrack and I just play it on Spotify when I feel like it. Yeah, me too. Actually, I, 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 I have the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and you have Andy Garcia and Julia Roberts. I mean, all star cast. All star cast. You can't go wrong with uh, with uh, Ocean's Eleven. Of course. And um, uh, the other uh, two films. Uh, is one film I the Fugitive. Another Harrison Ford special. Harrison Ford, yeah, that was. And uh, what's that guy's name? Tommy the Lee big Jones. nose, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if, again, he won an Academy Award for that movie. As he should have. You know, that was so a really good movie. He was incredible as uh, Samuel Gerard, the uh, sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an incredible film. And the uh, the tension and the suspense is based on the television show. Um, yeah, and uh, it was an incredible film. Um, I'll, I'll watch it over and over again. Like like what I said before, if a movie inspires parodies, you know it's a good movie. It's a good yeah, and it was a good movie. <laughs> and my third one, um, I'd have to say, uh, which launched me into the Marvel Universe, it was the Avengers, of course. Um, it was a big movie, big event. Nothing like that ever seen or, or will ever be repeated. Yeah, I think so. Ever again. I mean, the, the it was such a smart, smartly written movie. Um, so fun. It was super fun. It we watched it like incredible. four or five times in theaters. Yep, yep. I mean, and I, I'll watch it again. If, it, yep. if, I, if I see it again, definitely I'll watch it. And it has a game. It has a great cast. Uh, all the roles fit everyone like a glove. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my three. All right, my three. Uh, no particular order. Goodwill Hunting. Oh. Love that. That's the closest a movie's ever made me cry. I never cried. I don't, I don't cry in movies. But that's the closest I've ever got to cry <laughs> in a movie. Rest in peace, the late great Robin Williams. Williams. Rest in peace, his best role, I think, is his best role. Matt Damon was incredible. They won for best writing screenplay, I think. Yeah, because they Ben Affleck and and uh, um, Matt Damon they wrote that from when they were kids and they just developed it as mm-hmm. kids and it's it's inspiring like that. And it also like it shows the importance of mental health, really, mm-hmm. and people overlook it so much, mm-hmm. and especially in today's age, it's still a stigma in some cultures. And like, like for, I don't want to get too much into it because I still have other two honorable mentions and number ones, but 
importance of therapy. Mm-hmm. If you can afford it, if you can, go to therapy. Even if you're mentally healthy. Because you can always improve. Right? After that, it's Inception. And I know you don't like Inception because the amb- ambiguous ending. I loved it because of how he just played with time. And, like, you remember that scene where they were all, like, in with falling all the off, dreams of... Off of the... their, one of them was falling off the cliff. And because they were falling off the cliff, the other guy was in that t- that hallway that was spinning. And they had to fight in the spinning hallway. And, and this is all happening in just a, one tiny speckle of time. And it's so fun just watching how he just... He, it was just a quick tumble. And within this quick tumble... Everything happened, and everything went down, and I get chills thinking about it. <laughs> I get chills thinking about that scene in the hallway, and how... Who was the director of that? Nolan. Oh, Chris Nolan. Favorite director of all time. My second favorite movie from him. Uh, it's a little teaser, if you can put that together. But yeah, amazing movie. Loved it. And uh, I wasn't sure what to do with the third final, so I'm just going to say a movie that I enjoyed. And that was Goodfellas. Oh, Goodfellas. Really liked Goodfellas. Because it was so evil. <laughs> it was so diabolical, but it was so charming at the same time. Mm-hmm. And That was with uh, Joe Pesci. Joe and Pesci and... Uh, uh, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Uh, and the other guy, the Italian guy. I forget his name. He was in Taxi Driver. What's his name? Robin De Niro. Robert De Niro. Again, all-star cast. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Yeah. All-star cast. Uh, great movies. A great movie, rather. I've seen Goodfellas. That, that's a pretty brutal... Uh, that's that's a, a brutal movie. A brutal you movie. have to have a good stomach to watch that yeah. movie. And, yeah. That's it, my... it was more brutal than Godfather, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, I haven't seen both. Godfather yet. but I've seen them both. But, yeah, it was very brutal. Are you talking to me? <laughs> but I think he won Best Actor for the Best Supporting Actor. Who? Uh, Joe Pesci. He, uh, yeah, I think he did. He yeah. did well deserved because he intimidated me as a viewer. Yeah, he and you don't know that guy was such a loose cannon. You had no idea what he was going to do. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely it was. It was a good film for sure. Yeah. And if you have a it's the strong stomach enough stomach, yeah. then you you you, didn't you don't have it. fragile ears either. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, sure. It's a good movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, so what's your number one? My number one. I I already knew what it was. Okay, now here's the thing. Okay, with my number one film, yeah, uh, it was a film that I watched as a kid again mm-hmm. in theaters. Of course, it was the very first film. Okay, I saw in theaters. In theaters. Okay. So I was, knew you were going to either that one or or our Empire, but okay. It was. It, it, it was, was a new, new hope. hope. Or Star Wars. Or Star Wars. Then. It was the original Star Wars. Yeah. A New Hope. And the reason why I picked that as my favorite film of all time is because it was a pioneer in terms of special effects. I, as a six-year-old, seven-year-old, six-years-old, when Never I first seen. saw that, I was... Uh, my my eyes were bugging out. I still remember that. That spaceship came over the oh screen and the God. other spaceship. It was crazy. Like the way how the film was made, the animatronics, the, the, the special effects. Now that I'm looking back on it, right? 
They used actual models, right? There was no CGI in those yeah. days. And it was it held up? It still holds it up. It held up. If you watch up. that film today, you are not going to say, oh, that looks cheesy. The only thing that didn't look that good was when the Death Star blew up. It kind of looked like an omelet that got split. Well, <laughs> but no, even that, 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 that. No, but that was a retouch. Yeah, that got retouched. That was retouched. In the original, it mm. looked like an explosion. Yeah, a lot of a lot of what Lucas did back and like added like those weird things. Yeah, that wasn't necessary. That was stupid. I don't know it why he added necessary. that. But yeah. But if you actually take a look at the film as a whole, it was incredible. The 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 the, the actual Star Wars that took place. Yeah. Between those Tie Fighters. And you can see like a Vader is. A, Oh, he's so much better than everybody else. Yeah, and like, and uh, and 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 it was introduction just... to the greatest villain, one of the greatest villains of all time. Absolutely, if not the greatest, depends on your perspective. On sure, that. I mean, it depends on what you classify as a villain, but I would say that in the in the science, you know, fiction world, definitely top five villain of all time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, easily, you know, and 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 uh, you're right. I mean, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you know, I think was probably the best story, mm-hmm. but in terms of my favorite film of all time, because it has so many layers. Star Wars. I'm just, I'm just gonna say this. Star Wars um, has a lot of personal um, uh, meaning to me. Me as well, because Star Wars. Was as I said, it was the very first film my father took me to. It was also the very first film that I took you to. Yep. And it will be the first film I show my son or daughter. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. And I already know. I already have it planned out. Which film are you going to show him? Four. You're going to show him four. I already said it's going to go four, five, six, okay. one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Watch on your own time, man. And but like, Star yeah. Wars, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. When I got married, married your mother, and Shout out, Mom. she came to Canada, it was, she landed on May 19th, 1999, which was the debut of Star Wars. Of Star Wars: Phantom Menace, and I remember asking my people, my 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 colleagues at work, and asking, your friends, and my friends, I said, should I be picking her up at the airport? Or should I go see Phantom <laughs> Menace? And, and you know, all the dudes, all the dudes and dudettes all said, look, if you want to value your marriage, you're gonna pick her up, but make sure that you take her to see the movie. <laughs> And that's what I did. That's the first movie you saw with mom. I that's the first movie I saw with your mother. So uh so Star Wars has a lot of personal uh meaning to me. Of course. So because of all of that and you know, it was the first, you know, may not be chronologically in the storyline the first movie, but it was the first release for sure. Uh, that's why I, I named that as my number one. That's fair. That's fair. So you can... You know, uh, this one thing I want to say. If my son doesn't like Star Wars, 
Oh no. Our daughter. I keep oh, saying no. son. I keep saying son because father son. I know, I know. I'm getting a new kid. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I know. I'm getting a new kid. No, don't say that. Yeah. No, don't you don't mean that. You don't mean that. And 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 if this, you know, if this, I don't know how long podcast lasts, but uh, but you know, uh, to my future grandson or granddaughter, your dad was just kidding. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's get to my number one. Yeah. Number one, like I said, one A. It's by my favorite director of all time. Hmm. My inspiration. I have my favorite movie from him, The Dark Knight. Hmm. I love this movie. Okay, this movie is the reason why I want to make movies. So much to it. In my opinion, the greatest villain of all time, the Joker. Heath Ledger, rest in peace. One of the greatest performances ever. If you had a list of the greatest performances, not many would be about Heath Ledger's Joker, if any. Maybe you can name a couple, but not that many people Mm -hmm. can top it. Mm -hmm. The story, incredible. That that, that, that movie had me in chills. Slow build. You knew something was going to happen. <laughs> same reason I like number, like the same reason I like Empire. The characters suffer in this movie. And suffering is a sign of character. Psychologically. And you know what the scariest thing about the Joker? The scariest thing? A lot of what he said was true. A lot of what he said was true. <laughs> you find yourself agreeing with this maniac more than you agree with Batman in some occasions. Right? Like, in everything that I... The more I think about this movie, and every time I watch I like it a little bit more. Because I learn more about life and more about society. And then I rewatch this movie, and it's even more true. Every time I watch it. What Joker said, he's like, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. The chips are down. It's true. When... People's backs are against the wall. They care about themselves. They don't care about who, who's beside me. Who's It's me. It's all I care about is mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It rings true in society today. Mm-hmm. Another thing he said. If, if things go part of the plan, nobody bats an eye. If a, if a, a truck full of soldiers blew up, you wouldn't care. Somebody threatens the mayor, everybody freaks out. Everybody loses their minds. Right? Again, rings true today. Not just military. If it's part of the plan, if people have been conditioned not to care about something, they will not care about something. The things that are happening in Yemen, in the Middle East, this happens. Part of the plan happens. This is part of society. People suffer. Right? Now, not to compare suffering. Alright? Suffering is suffering. But, if something bad happens to a celebrity that we look up to, everybody, the world stops for this person. Or that person. And we need to judge ourselves. Why aren't we giving this much attention to this people? Right? It's something like I think about every day. 
every day, every day that goes by, Joker, Joker's words are more and more true. He didn't go about it the right way. His way was just blow everything up, start it from the, start it again. Chance. That's the only way that anything is fair. And there is some truth to that. All right. How the police were, and it, oh, again, another thing, the corruption of the police. You don't know who to trust in this movie. You don't know who to trust in real life. You don't know who's on your side. You don't know who's not on your side. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to believe. At the end of the movie where Batman takes the blame for everything that happened. For Harvey. after Everything Harvey did. Can you, tr- can you trust anybody? Like, everything just... It reflects society so well. Mm-hmm. It rings so true. The story is so good. The acting is so amazing. I can't put... There's not enough. There's not that many movies I can put. There's only one movie that maybe I'll put on the same tier. Empire Strikes Back. But other than that, there's not a single movie I will put above that movie. And I don't think a single movie will ever be above that movie for me. Mm-hmm. And just Nolan's direction. Everything in that movie was practical, by the way. Everything. <laughs> it was just amazing to think about when they flipped that truck. Oh. First off, silence in the theater because we're like <laughs> silence in the theater, silence in your living rooms. Forget the theater. I never saw it in theater. Though. I was too young. No, I you. When did that movie come out? Two thousand eight. No, oh, two thousand. Yeah, we didn't take you to. No, see I was that way movie. too young, and you shouldn't have taken it to me because it would have scarred me. But I remember showing when when I went to India and I showed everybody there. There are times when. <coughs> How old were you when you saw that movie? For the first time, I was ten, eleven. I saw it. Is it in your place? Because they love that movie and they had it on. They still love that movie. They, they share the same. Rukhaya, I think, that's her favorite movie too. But when I went to India, and nobody in India watched it. And I got this from Dark Knight and I got it from Empire. And the only movies I showed them where this happened. Where you could hear pin drop silences at times. When that truck flipped, everybody in, in the living room. Silent. They were in shock. They were like, what did I just see? In the interrogation scene. Remember in that interrogation oh, man, scene? Yeah. Where he was laughing at his face. And he just... The, everything that we thought was going to happen just flipped up on itself. And everything changed. And everything... This is the moment that the plan has been put in place. Again, silence. You're in shock. You're like, what just happened? Even the first scene in that movie... The first, the bank robbery scene. Oh, yeah. You had, you thought this movie was going someplace, mm-hmm. and it just smacked you across the face. And no, that's not where we're going. This is the Joker we're speaking of. Dark Knight, I would, I could argue, is more about Joker than about Batman. I think, even though Batman was in it more, Joker made that movie. Your movie is only as good as your villain is. That's what they say, right? Or your hero is only as good as your villain is. It's just that dynamic between the Joker and Batman. One that's all about, let's protect the system and make the system better. Because, the si- because by the way, the system's always been kind to Batman. He's a billionaire. The system works for him. And yeah, he's trying to help these people that have been, like, a lot of injustices has happened. He has profited from the system. Oh yeah, Wayne Enterprises. Wayne Enterprises. He's profited from the system. Mm-hmm. So he's not us. We see ourselves in the Joker. We see... When I see Joker, I think of a citizen that's fed up with everything. 
and it's broken railing him. Railing against society. Just railing. I'm broken. I don't care about anything, hmm. anyone. I'm getting done what I want to get done. And there's something almost admirable to that. And I hate I hate him in the movie, but I love him, right? But the thing that makes him admirable is that he does what he wants to do. And he can just put the will of himself on anything. And it's going to happen. He every he has a contingency for everything. He's so smart. Mm. He's such a genius that it's impossible not to admire him on some level. And that's the messed up part of this movie. Because you're admiring someone that's doing, and you're agreeing with someone that's doing so many messed up things. Even Dajan, when I showed Dajan, he's like, I didn't like it. Or when he when he, you showed he said him he liked it, and I said, did you like Joker? Amazing villain. He didn't like it. You know why he didn't like it? Because he didn't like the the Joker, or he didn't like the movie. He didn't like the movie because of how dark it was. Oh. And he didn't like Joker because of how evil he was. And that is, and that is the best compliment to a villain you can get. Is that I hated you so much in this movie that it made, that made me hate the film a little bit too, because of how just captivating that was. Well, I mean, I I said, I mean, when when your mother and I saw it in the theater. It scared us. <laughs> like I was actually scared. Um, Something so I, real I've about never, it. I've never been fearful watching a movie, and when I saw him, I was scared. So when I had learned, you know, that your cousin saw that, you're film, like, what? I said, "What? They were too young to see it." I don't know how they saw that film, but you know, I mean, you know, uh, it, it was definitely it was. It was a good film. It was, I would say, out of all the films I've seen, Batman, that was probably the best one for sure. Um, and I would also argue that it was definitely the darkest one. Oh yeah, I've seen. It's the, it's one of the darkest superhero, maybe the darkest superhero. And you want to know something else I like about it? And this is my last. But point you know, I okay, go ahead. It's so real. Like when the Avengers are fighting Thanos. We know this not going to happen alien. in real life. It's an alien that has a glove, and when he snaps his fingers, that doesn't happen. Alright? When when you see Wolverine fighting for his life, he's like, this guy. Like, There's no Magneto, there's no blah blah blah, there's no this, there's no that. So we know to an effect, this is not real. Star Wars, you're not going to blow up a planet. Right? That's not going to happen. You're not going to see these, maybe a million years from now, maybe. But not now. At least it's not plausible to us. Right. Superman, same thing. Those are fantasy. Films. Those are fantasy, but everything. Joker, Joker. He's real. Yeah. And everything that happens in that movie. He's not a super villain. Oh, I mean, he's not he's super. A, he's he's a, a genius. He's a genius but villain. But everything that happens in that movie, I can see happening in real life. This can happen in real life because this is all like he said. He's like, I don't care about money. I, I find, like, I find gunpowder. Gunpowder. He likes the simple things. He likes gunpowder and dynamite. And that's all he needed. He just needed a little bit of gunpowder, a little bit of dynamite. And look what, what he did. Mm-hmm. He put the whole city in flames. You know, and it doesn't take that much. To cause havoc. It doesn't. Yeah. It's like when you're driving. Like, when you're, this is psychotic. But you ever been driving and you're like, what if I just did that? <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What if I just turn the wheel? Joker's always turning the wheel. 
Yeah, yeah. He's always turning the wheel. His mind, that's just the way how his mind works. And that's a scary, again, that's a scary thing. That's what's so terrifying about this movie. It's plausible. Mm-hmm. It can happen. Sure. Anybody that just decides to do it, they can do it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully nobody in this life is ever that evil. I, but, but I have to but, say, though, of, of all the superhero films, uh, Batman, even him, he's he doesn't have superpowers. He's just, he, he has a lot of um, gadgets and a lot of uh, money smart. and smart. Um, but again, it's almost plausible. Yeah. It's plausible. Like, Tony, even Tony Stark, who is not a superhero... That technology is not going to be available for a long time. Yeah. Right? Right. So, it's in, that's why I love it so much. Is that, out of all these movies, it gave me the most psychological conundrum. Plus, the action was amazing. The directing was amazing. acting was amazing. And, it's plausible. And that's why I loved it. Honestly. You, you'd probably like, uh, you'd probably like Gotham. Gotham is maybe I watched the first. I didn't like the first episode, but apparently a lot of people didn't like the first episode. And like first season or first episode. Episode. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. I based my entire interpretation of the series on that one. No no, mistake, I shouldn't have done that because I heard it was really good after the first first episode. I was disappointed after it's it stopped. um, Is it canceled? Well, I don't know if it was canceled, but it actually had a series finale. Oh, okay, so. So it wasn't. I don't think it was canceled. It's a very short thing, though. It was five. Started. It was four or five seasons. It's a lot on, considering how long things are going now. Where where it led up to is it starts with Bruce Wayne, well, Bruce Wayne with his parents, and then he ends as him as as Batman. Batman. It was very quick, but yeah. Well, it took five years, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. In the movies and I think it took him like a lot longer, but yeah, it's fine though. But it's not about him. It's about it's Wayne. It's not really. It's about a. Uh, it's about. It's about Gordon. It's about Gordon. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean. But if you had to peg a main character, it'd be Gordon. It'd be Gordon. Yeah. He's top billing. He's top billing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, I mean, Bruce Wayne is a kid in the film, so he's not going to be the top billing guy. Yeah, of course. But but it it, it Batman or Gotham mm. amongst all the superhero you know, characters is, in my view, is the darkest. Yeah. Now, Adam West like, character. It's so goofy. But yeah, right? It was not, it was not dark by any means. But it was goofy, but, but, but it was fun. It was fun to I watch. I used to come home every day when in grade three, when the laptop, when the computer was right here, you guys, viewers can't see it. I'm pointing towards my dad's, a desk behind my dad's work desk. I used to come home I used to just binge episodes of the Adam West Batman <laughs> while Ma gave me food. And I just ate the food and I used to just watch it before take one do classes, came back, did my thing. But like that was my routine. Yeah. For the longest oh, time. I just watched the Adam West Batman TV show. Cause it was so it was so serialized. Yeah. You got sucked into it. And it was so goofy too. And it was yeah. fun. It was funny, you know. No, I mean I, I enjoy I mean, I, I watched those those early cartoons and um none of it would have been possible had I not watched Superman, I yeah, think. Of course. But, but but definitely Batman in its modern form is definitely I would say the darkest. Even even um uh 
uh, what's his name, Ben Affleck's character. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the darkest of all of them. You yeah. Know? So, so yeah. Batman is the darkest superhero because I, I would say so. It's the most real superhero. Most I would say so. Life. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely is the closest to Realism. reality. Yeah, and that's why everybody. That's why most people, if they ask most people, what their favorite superhero is, maybe not that. anymore, but. Because after like the Avengers, the huge ones, but I think most people my age, mm-hmm. if you ask them their favorite superhero, they'll, say they'll either say Batman or Spider Man, one of the two. Oh. But usually they'll say Batman mm. because it, like I said, just how real it is. Yeah, it's scary how real it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, guys, it's uh, interesting. It's interesting how you and I did not pick. We picked none of our films were the same. But it had a common theme, yeah. I think. I think the themes were... Father, I th- son... I think every movie hope. that we that we listed reflects something in ourselves or in the world around us. And that's how you know a good movie has been made, if it speaks to some truth. Sure. Yeah. And that's also a good thing about art, as well, because truth, truth is subjective. Truth isn't fact. Don't get it. It's not the same. Truth is different. And how we interpret a movie can change how we see the truth. You know? And how our movies can change our entire worldview. Oh, when you say, okay, but when you say truth is fact, or truth Truth, is not fact? Truth is not fact. Fact is fact. Truth is how we see the facts. It is the lens that we see the facts with. You know what I'm saying? I understand. Everybody has a different truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My truth, my truth, like how you see me is your truth. It doesn't mean that's how I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's so that I think that's the reflection of a good movie. And I think all of our movies had that, to some degree. You're right, for sure. There are some common elements. For sure, and um, but I'm I'm glad that we went through this list, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. Do you think our list will change? It will always change. Like it's nothing is stagnant. There's very few things in life that is. I think my number one and two will never change. I just have a feeling that they'll never change, and maybe they will change, and I will refuse to accept that they have changed. Mm. But my number one and two, I feel like it's pretty stagnant. But I think the other ones. Who knows what movie comes out next next year, next few years from now? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. yeah, but I also feel like nostalgia shapes the stoop. Well, yeah. I mean, you see, you, 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 I mean, you're a young man. Yeah. And um, who knows how you'll feel in 20, 30 years. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think your number one and two probably will not change, like you said, but uh, the rest of them might. It might change.